1: All right, episode 20, and it's a bit of a mishmash, this one, for a, a midweek one. We've got a few things to to go through, because it's been a big day in, in world sport. So I'm Heath, the other voice is Josh.
0: Yep, a massive week in sport, to uh, paraphrase several commentators. <laughs> yeah.
1: um, and Brenton's done his back, so he can't be bothered rolling out of bed to, to come over here. But anyway, um, we'll uh, we'll press on. Um, so we'll get straight into it. One of the big things, I think, was it announced today with the F1 for 2016?
0: Yeah, um... About 12 hours ago. Now they're going to run head-to-head with the AFL. They're, the season opener will be April 3rd, 2016, which uh, means the season gets condensed a little bit.
1: For the, for the F1 season gets condensed yes. a little bit.
0: Yeah. But uh, it'll be the first time that you'll have F1 and AFL on in Melbourne at the same time, which, honestly, I think is fucking brilliant. It's
1: going to be a good, because it'll be probably um, round two or three, mm-hmm. the AFL, so it's not like they're going to push back the start of the season or anything. No. If there's any concerns, they can have matches interstate, but... Imagine a night game, the MCG, um, on uh, that Saturday night before the big game, uh, the big uh, race on Sunday. So it's after qualifying.
0: Mm, exactly um, so.
1: You're going to have a lot of people saying, what's this AFL thing? Yeah. You know what would be a shame is if they put on like Hawthorne Essendon or something like that. Put on B- Melbourne versus the Bulldogs, who normally draw 20. You're going to get 60. You're going to get 70.
0: Oh, if they don't have a Friday, Saturday and Sunday night game, they're mad and they're yeah. missed out.
1: And at the MCG. Forget about Etihad. Like.
0: Oh, you could alternate, like the Friday night can be at MCG or the Etihad. The Saturday night has to be at Etihad, uh, MCG. Yeah,
1: try and get seventy, eighty thousand. Um, who cares if they've never seen the game before?
0: And tie it into it, like say, if you're from international, if you're an international person yep. who've come to watch the F one, show your passport and we'll give you I don't know fucking five bucks entry or who cares? Yeah, who gives it's a shit? Because even if they, you know, no one's going to lose money for people turning up to the MCG. Exactly. But even if you do, those people are going to go home with pictures, with uh, social media posts, yeah. with just, what the fuck did I just watch, sort of effect.
1: Well, and the AFL's always been trying to expand internationally. Gosh, well, yeah. here, look, if you get um, an extra 30,000 people from all over the world to go to a game, you only need 1%. Yeah. You know, to, to go, you know what, I want to buy a jumper. Or, you know, what, I'm going to buy the AFL live pass next mm. year. And you wouldn't have had them otherwise. It's a great opportunity for them.
0: And the other thing is most of the, the tourists who follow the F1 circus around are from Europe, Yep. which is something that a, a AFL has made some inroads into in you know Ireland and having the expats in London yeah. and all that sort of shit. But um, Central Europe, like going through France and Germany and everything, Australia has no... Um, no profile. No profile there at all. All you need is a couple of guys sort of look and go, holy crap, this is amazing. The other side of the token, though, if Rugby League misses out on this and doesn't have a Storm game on at least on the Saturday yeah, yeah storm, they're crazy
1: yeah they're usually pretty pretty clever about it because they've um, already gone you know what um, we're going to have 90,000 people at um, Collingwood Essendon Anzac Day every year so why don't we just hop across the bridge and go to a Storm game you mm, know, they're smart they're, with that they've done that a couple of times so I'd be very surprised if the
0: Storm might all over it but this is the one time where you know the European visitors are going to yep. be more like NRL will have the advantage Uh, And Union will probably be the number one thing that people go to see. I mean, soccer not being on, you know, that can either be here nor there. But um, if you're a a tourist, you probably, you know, it's hard to sort of pick what people are going to want to do, but Mm. you'd probably think, I'm visiting Australia, I'll check out the local game rather than I'll check out their local version of Rugby Union or their local version of Rugby League, which is something that the European uh, visitors will be much more familiar with. Familiar with, with, exactly.
1: Um, And, you know, it's not a big miss for... uh, for the A League because you know they've they're used to probably a higher standard and that's mm, not a knock yeah. against the A League it's just a fact that European leagues are a little bit stronger. Um, what does it mean for F one though? I mean, have a more condensed season? Is it um, are they trying to t- uh, get a bigger TV audience? Or?
0: Well, the rule with this generally is that Bernie Eccleston's trying to squeeze more money out of someone. Um, Heaven forbid. Well, like I said, I've said uh, elsewhere, you can't be mad at a dog for barking. Yeah, and exactly. Bernie's squeezing more money out of someone. Well, They're going to Azerbaijan for a Grand Prix. Okay. Um, which, if you can point on a map right now without looking it up and tell me where Azerbaijan is, I've got a tenner for you.
1: Uh, Central Asia?
0: Yeah, that's a very broad <laughs> section.
1: <laughs> I'm just basing on the last four letters of the name,
0: <laughs> the name of the country. But what I mean is like, he's going places like there, he's going Abu Dhabi, he's going Bahrain. Yeah, but there's there's a big top
1: end. to to the demographics and there's also lots
0: of empty seats like for the last Grand Prix at Bahrain they've got about six grandstands and most of them are empty
1: (laughs) yeah well that sort of um, happens in that area don't they they build very very big things and don't worry about if people go to them or not
0: well yeah I mean you only need to have four or five seats and uh, the people who've paid for it are happy exactly right but um, yeah I think having uh, that opportunity is just crazy massive for the AFL especially yep uh, because they can stitch up the biggest grounds.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, well, they've already got them, um, yeah. and they've got to play games anyway, so now it's just like, it's really fallen into their lap. I'd be very surprised if they drop the ball on this one.
0: Yeah. I, I, AFL Marketing have been doing a brilliant job for a long, long time. Yeah, yeah. Um, you, you could say there's places they could improve.
1: I think that they've made a big effort this year. They've been lazy, I reckon, for a couple of years, because um, they've gone, you know what, people are going to come anyway, it doesn't matter. And and. Yeah. Last year was the first time that they've gone. Oh, maybe they won't come, so they've tried something different. Um, and I think this year has been a much, much better. Um, it's definitely a step in the right direction. So means next year, hopefully they'll you know, really capitalize on this.
0: Well, I, I reckon they will. Um, you know, their big push this year has been the family approach. To say oh, we're, we're doing cheaper food, and realistically yeah. you're only saving about a dollar fifty yeah for a pie, but just the the, the thought gesture there, yeah. yeah.
1: And also, you know, um, kids free on Sundays and yeah. kick on the G afterwards. And
0: That's a big one, the kick on the G. Yeah. I, I can understand why they took it out. Yep. As a business, it makes sense.
1: Yeah. And, and what they used? Um, you know, insurance and public yeah. liability and that kind of as an excuse. But at the end of the day, it's kicking
0: a footy it? It's about kids pretending to be their heroes. Yeah, exactly right. Like, you see the little kids running around there, just, you know, jumping through the air and going, Franklin! Yeah. Or, you know, whatever. It doesn't what? matter. They've got the number on their back. They've got their bum on the seat. Let them go out and have a kick on the ground.
1: Or they're running around ducking down going, Selwood.
0: <laughs> oh, that was a big one on the weekend, too.
1: Oh, yeah. Well, you, you, is your, your first trip down to DeLongwood? Yeah, first wasn't it?
0: time I've been to Cardinia Park. And how was it? Uh, actually, it was really good. I yep. quite liked it. Um, it's the, the old
1: suburban grounds, isn't it? Really. It
0: is. It is. Um, and I, I kind of liked that. Um, the other thing was no lining up for anything because every. Because Behind were- the stand, there's, a, you know, they go on the pattern of toilet, bar, food, toilet, bar, food.
1: Oh right, I thought you were going to say because everyone's already bought their own thermos and, and pre-chewed. <laughs>
0: Probably that too, but they were pretty keen to have a, a quick beer. But yeah, they got them in and out quick. They had okay, plenty of staff. Um, I hardly lined up for anything. it was, fantastic. It,
1: was it was still a packed house, wasn't it? I mean, yep. for them, for which is uh, twenty-five or thirty or what? I'm not sure, but uh,
0: I think it was twenty-eight, something like that. Yeah, around that mark. Yeah, but um, no, I really liked it. But uh, the funniest thing was to hear a whole bunch of Geelong supporters just get into Lindsay Thomas for his... Um, <laughs> theatrics? Uh, yeah, yeah, let's go with theatrics. Yeah. Um, and there's, oh, you know, he's, he's a ducker, he's a diver, and I'm like, mate, you got... Uh,
1: yeah, you got a couple. you got <laughs> a
0: bloke running out there who's... His forehead has grass stains every week. He puts it down that quickly.
1: Let, let's uh, let's stop putting up those glass houses <laughs> l- lest they come down so quickly.
0: Uh, in no way, shape, or form am I saying Lindsay Thomas doesn't... Uh, he puts yeah put he, effort into his um appeals.
1: Let's put it this way, Billy Brownless approves the amount of mayo on his sandwich.
0: <laughs> he puts a fair bit on. He he makes an effort. But um yeah, the the Geelong guys have been doing pretty good for quite a while. And I was um I was at the, the match with a good mate of mine, a Geelong supporter, young Benny, um and he was dirty on the arms. <laughs> and you know, and in fairness, they it was like 27 free kicks to nine by the end, I think.
1: Yeah, but that means nothing.
0: No no one says it has to be fair.
1: Yeah, it has but to be equal. Is, no, it has to be fair, but nobody says it has to be yeah, equal.
0: Even. Yeah. But um, I think for a long time, Geelong have kind of got a bit of a better run in that sort of thing. Like yeah. They've they've gotten the... Um, the 50-50s have gone their way. In this particular match, a lot of them didn't. And... He was like, oh, you know, you can't do that. You can I'm like, look at the fr- look at the replay and tell me it's not there. Yeah, yeah. It's... The free kick was. The free kicks were always there to be called. Just in the past, they weren't called.
1: Well, they get used to you know um, having it one way, and now you know they're, they're not used to even being challenged mm. down at Skilled Stadium. But, yeah, anyway, I'm just complaining about the arms. I mean, you can do it as much as you like. It's not going to change anything.
0: Oh, at the end of the day, you forget it by next week. Yeah, exactly but, right. Um, and
1: uh, it's it's just like in the UFC. And I've said this before. Uh, like Dana White says, don't leave it in the hands of the judges. Yeah. If the game's close enough that it, one dodgy umpire decision can change the result, then you haven't done enough to put the game away.
0: Absolutely. But anyway. um, i tell you, though, the, the big moment was uh, Hawkins' goal.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, the, I think the crowd was there for it too. Everybody yeah. knows the story. His mother Honestly, passed I away. <laughs> I, no, oh, really?
0: I only saw he was the only one wearing the black armband. Yeah. So I, I, I hadn't read up on anything. You know, I'd kept away from it all week. And I, he's lining up for goal, and the whole crowd just shush, hushed. Yeah. Uh, and the crowd had been pretty out of it for a while, um, just because by that time North had got a run on. Yeah. You know, they they came from I think four goals down at quarter time to be about even, and then they were controlling the game. And then Hawkins lines up, puts it through, and you just see the crowd lifted. Yeah. And every player came to him and just, you know, hugging him, high-fiving, you know, scruffing his hair and everything. And you could see it meant a shit ton to him.
1: And it um, it shows a lot how sport can, um, you know, bring people together and uh, end of the day, it, you know, it is just a game. Um, and there are bigger things in life, but it can um, help you with those bigger things in life sometimes.
0: And honestly, I don't know how, um, like, Robbie Tarrant probably took the chocolates on him on the day. Yep. But how the hell does a bloke turn up to his job...
1: Yeah, a week after.
0: Uh, ...work his ass. I like, I don't care who you are. You could be the Prime Minister of the country. Your mum dies. You're probably staying home for a bit. Yeah,
1: yeah. yeah. But, he, um, he took one week off, essentially, and that's it. Yeah,
0: but to his credit, he came out and he, he did play well. Yep. Um, I think Robbie Tarrant will get Brownlow votes for... Um, the job he was able to do in the back line.
1: Uh, I'm pretty pretty happy with how Robbie Terrence turned out in the first um, four rounds, although I'm not sure if he played round one. No, he didn't. Um, because, uh, they yep. had it in. Yep, because I said he, he's going to have a good year this year, and it looks like um, he's uh, following through, which is great. Yeah, if he you like...
0: can, can stay on the park, yep. he is looking very, very good.
1: Yeah, well, it'll be interesting if he lines up with um, Jack Gunston this weekend um, with the, the Hawks game. Um, something else I wanted to bring up, um, because I saw a talk about it online, um, a little bit, and it came up because of Luke Parker's uh, goal against uh, GWS the other week. You know the one where he's tripping over himself oh, and yeah, it kicked yeah. it accidentally. <laughs> yeah, um, and they said it was the the return of the drop kick, um, which you know it's obviously gone out of the game because you can't, it's hard to do on the run and it's not as accurate and all that kind of crap. Um, but it reminded me that I had a drop kick story, so we're going way back to um, when I was seventeen, I think. Um, and you know how you have shots on goal before training when and, and you're playing footy and stuff like that. And you know you always start on the point post, you yeah. know, kicking check sides. And I was pretty actually, I was pretty confident on my checkies uh, on the bananas. Um, I don't think I ever had a shot during a game from there. But <laughs> you know, before training, it's just what you do. And then gradually you work out, and um, you know, you, you go. All right, I'll go on a bit of an angle and 25, and you go out to 30. By you know the, the time you, you um goal king practice, you're always ending up on the 50. Um, so one of my tricks used to be I could kick um, you know the, the Jubilee Oval in Broken Hill was very hard so doing drop kicks was a little bit easy because the ball bounces really genuinely nice Yeah. Um, so one of my tricks used to be um, droppies from 50 now I can um, clear the goal line with a drop kick from 50 but accuracy was never quite there um, so I don't think I ever got one to go through they always went through the points and you know 50, 55 no, no worries um, but that was you know that's what I always did at training so, um, it's not something I think you'd pull out during the game, especially if it's on the line.
0: I think it's, sort of, it's the sort of thing you could pull out if you did it. It's like those bullshit snaps over the shoulder yeah. 45 out in the pocket. If you put it through the middle, that's fine. If you miss, you're yeah. on the bench. You look like an
1: idiot, yeah. So, I thought, you know, when would be the right time to pull it out? I mean, when you're up by 100 or whatever like that. But anyway, so this year, um, let's see, it would have been 1997. Yeah, let's go for that. Um, so I was in under 17s in my senior year of under 17s and we got knocked out in the prelims. So we're, we you know, we're out, we're not for playing finals. And I got a call from the B grade coach He mm. said, come up and play. Like we're in the grand final, mm. come play the grand final for us. You're not doing 17s anymore. So that year, the only game of seniors I played was the B grade grand final.
0: Yeah. I remember I was there. Yeah. Yeah. I'm explaining <laughs> oh, okay. it.
1: Oh, you know, the, the microphone in front of you, that's what I'm explaining it to. Um, so we're playing in the grand final against South and we're North. And so naturally our biggest rival is South because we're North and they're South. That's just how it goes. That's broken Hill. Um, when
0: there's only 14. You've got to have one. rival. You've got to have one. Don't you? Yeah.
1: Um, so we're playing South in the grand final and it was a really tough game. Um, you know, back and forth all the way. And I think we had the breeze in the final quarter. Um, it's, we're up by eight points and I'm playing in the forward line. Anyway, uh, we're trying to, you know, we, we know that this is it. There's 30 minutes gone. We're nearly there. Um, and I lead out and take a mark at about 51 metres, a you know, big sliding mark, and I'm taking my time. You know, I'm, I'm thinking I'll go back. I'm going to put it, you know, into the goal square. It doesn't matter if it goes through or what. I'm just going to take take my time, take as long as I can, and just wind down the clock. What happens next doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. Anyway, as soon as I stood up, the siren's gone. We've won the grand final. It's all over. So I've looked at um, one of our players. I've gone, I'm going to kick a drop kick. It's the grand final in Broken Hill. There's, you know, A-Grey is just about to Do start. Do you remember who it was? I, I've got a tiny memory of who I said. Yes, Paul Garno. That's who it was. Um, it was one of two people and I just remembered which one it was. Um, so in, in, this is a, a, probably one of the biggest days of the year in Broken Hill and everyone's coming out to watch. And I thought, here's my chance. I can kick a droppy from beyond 50 in the grand final. For a goal, we're already we've won. We're up by eight points. You know, I'm, I'm was not... anyone even on the mark? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> someone was. He didn't really give a shit. Don't <laughs> be fucker should have. Uh, <laughs> um, so I've gone back. You know, take me time. We everyone's already. I don't know if the rest of the team's even watching. Um, I think
0: I was playing in the back pocket. I wanted to run over and high five someone.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, and you know, we're not really worried about the umpires getting the score wrong. So I've um, You hold the ball a little bit different from your drop kick because the right hand's a little bit higher, so I can force it down. You do. I oh, do. Shit. Um, I mean that. yeah, you can do drop punts. So I don't worry about, it. um, so I've, and you do a little, um, well, I do a little Josh Kennedy like stutter. So, uh, <laughs> and then there's an arc to it so that I can really see the thing with a drop kick is because the ball is, you know, so low to the ground and you get that little half volley, um, you really can swing your leg hard and you've got a lot of, um, leeway and that's why I could kick it so long, but it's not that accurate. I don't really care about accuracy here. I just want to kick a drop kick from 50. So this is a big chance. The whole of the town's watching. And i run up, kicked it, and I reckon it's gone about a metre. <laughs> You've uh, a mostly air swing. Yeah, pretty much. I've only just collected the ball. It's dribbled off, gone to a metre. And I remember the block of the mic's going, oh yeah, good one, fuck it. <laughs> and I, I remember looked at him, shrugged, and went off and ju- joined the rest <laughs> of the celebration. So that was my kick story. I got to do one in the grand final, and it went about a metre, and it, luckily it didn't matter. Um, yeah. So that's why uh, I'm not that disappointed that the drop kick's gone, but I had my chance.
0: I've got a quick torpedo punt story. Go on. Yeah, I remember under 15s lined up at uh, full-back and uh, the old man's coaching. I'm like, Dad, should I do a torpedo back He's like, How you do a kick first?
1: <laughs> All right. Um, now, one other thing. Uh, this is uh, <laughs> before we get into the fighting sports, I've got one more AFL story. Um, and this is something I've been working on for a little while now. Um, as you may be aware for round one, um, Hawthorne, were doing a little activation shit with one of their sponsors that you go onto the ground before the game. Um, and you know, you fill in an online survey and they mm, pick a yeah. hundred out of whoever many anyway, and they picked my name out and i f- um, thought, you know, yay, yay, I get to go on the MCG before a game. It's an hour before the game and you had to be there an hour before that. Um, That's it. But uh, as it turned out, um, wife got sick and I had to stay home and look after the kids, so I, I couldn't even go to the game, let alone um, go out onto the
0: ground. So, so it's her fault,
1: yeah, exactly. Um, and don't don't you know um, worry. You're like I'll I'll be reminding her about it <laughs> later on. Like I'm going to the the day game and the night game this Saturday, and you know if she complains, I'll be bringing that up. Um, but anyway, um, so I didn't get to go for this activation. I actually I went online, and I found out what it was, and they were standing holding banners for II Net, you know two hours before um, anybody was there. So I'm
0: not... So instead of paying for acting extras, they just... <laughs> well, they, they raffle.
1: Uh, pretty much. And you got a t-shirt and a $20 um, voucher
0: to spend at the merchandise stand.
1: You know, that kind of stuff. Which, hey, it's fine. You know, you've got to walk out in the MCG. Yeah. Uh,
0: and you get a voucher that'll buy you a pen.
1: Yeah, or well, you get 20 bucks off, you're going to buy crap anyway, aren't you? So yeah. why not? Um, that's all fine. But anyway, I couldn't do it. But um, that made me think, you know what, I... I Because I can't do the crappy one, I've got to do a better one. So I made it my goal for this year to toss the coin before an AFL game. Now, (laughs) there's usually like I think they they raffle these off or they give them to you know people who've been members for 40 years or or make a wish, yeah, um, and that kind of gear.
0: With that, if you're uh, in such a bad situation that the Make a Wish Foundation approaches you i will be asking more than just tossing the coin, surely. Well, I mean, they're, usually they're little kids, you know. Their goals are, are low. Surely he's gonna the parents going to be like, wait, son, ask ask for grand final tickets or some shit. <laughs> well, like, toss the coin between Melbourne versus, I don't know, Box Hill, Hawk. who cares? No one's going to give a crap. But if you're, I'm, I'm just saying, if you're in such a tragic situation that Make-A-Wish is coming to you. Yeah, make it worth it. Make it go. Like, fuck off to Disneyland or some shit.
1: Well, I'm going to say, Disneyland's the, you know, the one that they always bring up. But, um, you know, then you go down the path of the chasers who got in trouble for make a realistic wish foundation. Because, you know, yeah. if you really make a wish, you know, wish for a cure to leukemia. But to, anyway, chasers got in trouble for that. So I won't go down there. Um, but anyway, so I thought this is what I'm going to do. So how do I do it? Um, and I thought the easiest way is just to start writing letters to clubs. <laughs>
0: Are you writing to every club?
1: If, uh, no, not every club. I'm only writing to...
0: Melbourne-based clubs.
1: So far. <laughs> I, I'm only writing to one club at a time, but I will write to every club until I get a, the right response. So, I, I'm, yeah. so, this is
0: like the Tinder approach. You're no, just, I'm you're not. just hoping one club will swipe right.
1: Um, yeah, yeah, that's a good way of putting it. Um, and I'm going to move very quickly from the clubs, um, from one to the next. And, so, it's just like Tinder? Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: I mean, um, I, I have to assume being a married <laughs> bloke, uh, Tinder came out post marriage.
1: <laughs> I've heard of this website, yes. Um, so, you know, I thought. Um, that's the best way to, is I'll start, um, uh, just writing to the clubs and until one says yes. And then, you know, Bob's your uncle. come in. so I thought I'd start with Hawthorne obviously, because that's the one I, I really want to say yes. I actually, I considered starting with saints cause I thought, you know, they're desperate, but they've won a couple of games now. So it's lost the, the luster a little bit. Um, so anyway, I, I thought I'm going to write a letter and I'm going to print it out and send it snail mail.
0: Have you written to Melbourne yet?
1: Not you no know, that, that that was number two. Uh,
0: I, I just imagine their response would be, "How did you get this address, peasant?"
1: <laughs> well, I actually I've already I've got an angle for Melbourne, so I'll save that for when, when I do it. But um, obviously, I start with Hawthorn because I support Hawthorne, and that's really what I want. <laughs> but the other games, if you,
0: if you write to Collingwood, they'll be like, "How the fuck did you spell?"
1: <laughs> well, see, I'll write the other teams that are hosting Hawthorne, and then I, I you know, that's my yeah my back door to it. But anyway, so this letter, I'm going to, I'll put it up on the Facebook page and on the website. Um, so if you know anybody at the club that has a say in anything, you can make sure that they read it. But um, I'll be forwarding it on to the club as well as sending it snail mail. So I want to print it out so that somebody actually has to put a, you know, a pen knife in there and open it up and, um, and read it before they throw it out.
0: Maybe we can pop it on change.org or something as well.
1: Well, you know, if it gets grassroots support, you know, that's really what we're about. Because um, I, I think truly that this is... What, um,
0: exploiting the people that listen to our podcast, so for our personal benefit.
1: All of them, yep. And yep. I, I mentioned that in, in the letter. <laughs> but anyway, let, let's let's go into it. Let's Dear Hawthorne Football Club.
0: My oh, name is... An informal star, that's good. I said dear. Yeah, exactly. Yeah.
1: My name is Heath Eddie, and I have an ambition to toss the coin before an AFL match this year. So the direct approach... Yeah, you know, we're, we're getting it.
0: They they're reading this about. thinking, oh, this five-year-old is just, he's gone to all this effort at school. Yeah, I, actually, I
1: thought about that and later on I do explain. <clears throat> I continue. I've been a Hawthorne supporter and member for a long time, even when we were crap.
0: <laughs> so they obviously know that you're older than 17 by now. Well,
1: yes, yes. They, they've, got, um, they've got hints. There was a short period in 1999 when I was also a Sydney Swans member, but that was only because I was at university in Sydney and wanted tickets to the footy. But I did wear all my Hawthorne gear in the Swans members' seats when we got done in round seven of that year. So I think that transgression can be viewed with mercy. Now, I had to look it up because it was round seven. But I was there that day. And I remember Plugger Lockett flattened our full back, or whoever that was. It wasn't Jonathan Hay.
0: In fantasy, he flattened a lot of people. And Jonathan Hay was flat a lot of the time.
1: <laughs> the only reason I remember it was because I was sitting with a mate who was also a Hawthorne supporter. Um, and I said, uh, somebody needs to run out and tell Tony Lockett he just flattened somebody because I don't think he noticed.
0: <laughs>
1: yeah, um, Yeah, we got punished every time I went to the SCG, and I was always there for it.
0: <clears throat> anyway,
1: paragraph three. As far as credentials for my role as an AFL coin tosser, now, I've thought AFL coin tosser is the right term.
0: Yeah, yeah. you as don't I want to just leave tosser in there.
1: Oh, no, I'm, I'm going the full tosser um, <laughs> plenty of times. Um, so that that's the the um, <clears throat> coined phrase, if you don't mind, um, that I've used all, all the way through. You know, don't, don't give me that look.
0: I wish there was a way to (laughs) raise my eyebrows through a microphone.
1: As far as credentials for my role as AFL coin tosser, I've been present for many big moments at AFL games. I was at the MCG for the grand final in 1993, when Michael Long took all those bounces down the wing to kick that inspirational goal. And I was at the SCG in 1999, when Tony Lockett kicked his 1300th goal. Both these moments have since been immortalized by Stephen Curry and Dave Lawson in their Toyota Legendary Moments advertisements, so, you can see I'm no stranger to spectating on the big occasion.
0: Did you drop a pocket full of change at both of those times? I mean, probably. I mean, that ties into.
1: Yeah, it could have been. But, um, yeah, I, I get into those credentials as well. But I'm just saying, you know, I'm not. Um, um, uh, Some oh, Johnny come lately. No, I, I'm used to the big stage. I'm used to being on the sidelines for the big stage. So, you know, <laughs> I, I've seen things. Now, you mentioned dropping change, but, you know, I also have credentials when it comes to tossing the coin. I continue. I'm also born and bred from Broken Hill, the only place outside of licensed casinos in Australia where two up is played legally all year round.
0: See, I I'm, I'm actually not entirely sure it is legal. I think it's just been going on for long enough no. now that the cops are like, eh, yeah, you guys do what you gotta
1: no, do. No, no, it is legal. They had they went through a lot of effort to make it legal and then they got it down at the, the Musos Club. Um I'm I'm really just assuming it's still there. But it was legal and legit and
0: Oh, I think if they um removed it, there would be It'd riots. pop up anyway. <laughs> they just go in the back door
1: you could say tossing coins is part of our culture and upbringing in Broken Hill it would be a pretty stupid thing to say but you could say it. there's nothing stopping you I I understand the role of AFL coin tosser is usually reserved for promotional purposes charitable awareness campaigns or Tasmanian red queens now Tasmanian red queens might not make sense to you but if you remember Brian Lake's 200th game Sydney versus Hawthorne at the MCG and there was that thing dressed Uh, up oh yeah yeah, um, to toss the coin. I thought that would have been a great moment for Brian Lake, in your 200th, um, going out there, and there's that monstrosity there to toss the coin. It was part of the Tasmanian sponsorship anyway, but um, I, I I had to look it up, and it was called the Tasmanian Red Queen.
0: Did Brian Lake punch it?
1: No, um, I think he punched somebody that day. <laughs> he played, <laughs> he played <laughs> so he would have. I assure you, I'll be just as promotional as the first, just as charitable as the second, and nowhere near as harmful on the eyes as the third in that list. Um, okay. this honour is also at times bestowed on children with terminal illnesses while I cannot say with any level of certainty that I have a terminal illness I haven't been tested for many so there is still that chance
0: well you are going to die
1: um, now this next bit I'm actually o- omitted but um, I think it's safe to read out here and let's face it an experience of a lifetime would have greater return on investment for someone with a greater <laughs> life expectancy oh, fuck. <laughs> it, it's just it, pure maths
0: it, it's on brand um,
1: I've, I've been removing that one but I thought it was good enough just to read out here <coughs> I go on beggars cannot be choosers so while I am not bold enough to nominate which game I could fulfill my destiny as an AFL coin tosser I would suggest one in Melbourne would be better I can't afford to travel interstate and don't expect you guys to foot the bill either so you can, I, I'm showing I'm generous and I'm um, uh, measured in, in my, um, on my pleas
0: don't you think Modest. Oh, well, yeah, you're not asking to toss the coin over a helicopter. I mean, no. That'd be pretty awesome. Though, it, you
1: could... it would be, though. Yeah. Let's just say if that was offered. <laughs> I would, however, suggest that round seven against Melbourne at the MCG would be a good fit because it'll struggle to fill the stands anyway, or possibly round 21 against Port, as that happens to fall on my 35th birthday. So I've given them a hint now that I'm, yeah, I'm not am um, Well, not when you said you're a at
0: uni in 97, unless they thought you were a rather precocious young lad. Well, I, I feel
1: that it, it could be important to litter it. Um, throughout just in case they're skipping
0: <laughs> which they probably are yeah
1: that, they would have binned it by now but that doesn't stop me um, just quietly round 18 against the Tigers ain't bad either that's my old man's team and it'll be good to rub that in in closing now I say in closing but I've still got three or four paragraphs to go but you know in closing I'm sure to give my utmost to promote the generosity and sportsmanship of the Hawthorne Football Club should you choose to acknowledge this plea by way of my podcast, ClickingBalls.com. This letter in full will be read out on an episode and posted online for our dozens of listeners. <laughs> and I'm thinking oh, I should bold and underline dozens um, who will be kept up to date on how this progresses either way. Thanks again for reading if you, have, if you have made it this far. And yes, I'm aware of how silly and desperate this sounds, but it'll be a laugh, won't it? Cheers, Heath Eddie, Clicking Balls. So that's the, the first letter in what's I'm sure will be a long line of letters because I'm not expecting anybody to say yes.
0: Well, who would?
1: Um, I guess it's... Uh, someone, if they're bored.
0: Which club would have the most human approach, do you reckon? Who's got Who's got the worst marketing? That's who you looking at. Or
1: Hawthorne. Hawthorne had the worst marketing. Um, yeah, it, I don't know if you saw the, um, the membership video where they were doing their impersonations. Can't think of it. No, well, it's a it's a shocker. Um, we've you've got um, all the players trying to you know um, do quotes from famous movies, and yeah, it's it's not pretty. It's been shared around online. Who
0: the fuck came up with that idea?
1: Well, I, I don't know, but it could possibly be the same person that I am now begging to make an, <laughs> an, <laughs> an <laughs> AFL coin toss on. <laughs> up. So, in other words, I think it was actually before it's time. Honestly, I think we'll be we'll appreciate those those videos in in years to come. That they'll be they'll be known as classics, and and the the template that um, future membership videos are made.
0: Yeah, it's but, too bad you won't be. Oh, maybe it's too bad you will be up at the Gold Coast or something, because Gold Coast and West would love to have someone come out.
1: Anybody? See, that's why I thought Melbourne um, might be the next uh, next step, because you know it's just another person at the game.
0: Yeah, but if you're not an MCC member, that I give a fuck.
1: Pretty much, but you know you, you can, can you can
0: probably lie. I'm, well,
1: I am planning on lying a lot. <laughs> uh, no I have set um, my goal is to obviously toss it some game and I'm not really that fast but the MCG would be nice um, but um, in these letters I'm not allowed to lie so yeah. like I said you know I've, I don't have a terminal illness but I haven't been tested you know so who knows I've got a bit of a scratchy throat that could be a bowler. You, well, yeah. ca- you can't tell me it's not
0: you could answer it like you're an American presidential candidate exactly right they say uh, you know do you have a terminal illness well let's step back from that aren't we all going to die at some stage and what will we as a world do to uh, handle this I think it's important to make the most of our time and I think this would actually allow me to make the most of my time that I have on this limited time in and- I
1: have an a terminal illness it's called life <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah I did the hand actions just to, um, it works well on the podcast but anyway you yeah, um, just some the Bill Clinton hand actions so I'll um, I'll, I'll post that up online and um, you know I think hashtag make me a tosser I, I that could get yeah, I get legs. Yeah, I think that's that's how we start. So this is the grassroots campaign. I expect you know to get desperate and you know be tossing the coin at the local leagues, Oz kick or something by the end of the year. But we'll see how it goes. Um, all right, that's uh, that'll do it for AFL. So um, we'll move on to um, some of the punchy punchy um, before we get on to the USC because there's a it's massive fun- day in USC.
0: It's funny but, that uh, you know two ripped as shit blokes belting the living suitcases out of each other gets shortened to punchy-punchy.
1: Yeah, well, that's what Hunter calls it, my son. Um, Let's go to, um, I'm going to say, the biggest boxing match in decades in Manny Pacquiao versus Floyd Mayweather.
0: Well, all right, let's just clarify that comment. What what fight in
1: Tyson versus Lennox Lewis? Yeah. Tyson-Holyfield?
0: Tyson-Holyfield. That'd be the, the last... global phenomenon of a boxing match I think this one's bigger oh uh, I think it is too
1: than than those two you've Uh got an
0: undefeated uh, champion of five different weight categories who has done everything possible to make himself a villain yep and you've got Manny Pacquiao who's got about
1: selling a little or a lot So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken
0: today. About 100 million Indonesians behind him and he, he pretty much runs the country. <clears throat> Philippines. Well, Indonesian, Philippines, it's all in the yeah, Southeast Asian area.
1: Let's let's just back away from that one. <laughs> there's, there's no way out of that one. No, um, but them. but still, what's he being champion in seven, eight weight divisions? Something ridiculous like that.
0: Pacquiao, Pacquiao, yeah. I don't know. It's
1: it, something ridiculous like that. It, it is, um, you know, that level. I saw um,
0: actually I saw a great, a weight a great quote about uh, that. They were talking about how much effort um, Pacquiao and Mayweather, well Pacquiao, had to go into to get this uh, fight to happen.
1: The concessions,
0: yeah, and yep. look, probably all crap, but they yep. were just saying, you yep. know. Uh, Mayweather said, I, I want the fight to be in the US. And Pacquiao's gone, yes, okay. And I want to have drug testing every month, okay. And I want the ref to be one of my countrymen, okay. One okay. want the MGM Grand, okay.
1: I want to use these gloves, yeah. I want to use these gloves, Add this, this the
0: ring, this weight, He's like, okay, okay, okay. If and, I
1: lose, there's a rematch,
0: yeah. If you lose, there's no rematch, okay. And at the end of it, his friend said, Why are you making so many concessions? He's like, In my culture, we give a, a man. On death row, on death row, everything he wants.
1: Yeah, it's not, I don't think any of it's true at all. But no. it's still, it's one of those ones. It's nice. Well, good work, whoever's done that one. Yeah, they've done well. Um, it, the only bad thing I can say about this fight was it should have been five years ago. Um, yeah. but anyway, it doesn't matter because it is happening. Um, I'm not really a fan of boxing at all. Um, you know, because I, I like mixed martial arts. So I think it's it's just that's my introduction into combat sports. Um. So boxing to me is, you know, taking something away that I really like because I really like the jiu-jitsu side, obviously. Um, but this has got my attention, and I think it's got everyone's attention. That Even if you are not, you have the most casual interest in boxing, you're, okay, I'll check the results, you know. It, it's going to be big.
0: And I think uh, in Australia especially, because we do get a lot of news from Southeast Asia, uh, everyone knows who Manny Pacquiao is. Yeah, absolutely. And they know he's from the Philippines and not Indonesia. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> and everyone... It, kind of wants to see him do well. Yep. Um, and they have played this up so well. Like, yeah. Uh, Mayweather's done everything possible to alienate everyone possible. Yep. Um, you know, he even had a crack at uh, Ali leave. and Sugar Ray Leonard. Right. And I, I'm, I'm not even saying he's wrong. <laughs> I'm just saying that if you're going to have a crack at a guy who is known to be the greatest boxer of all time... Rightly or wrongly.
1: Yeah, and self-proclaimed. A lot of people agree.
0: Plenty of people put their hands up for Joe Lewis, Rocky Marciano, and you could easily make an argument that Joe Lewis was a much better boxer and much better figure for the sport, having beat the shit out of the Nazi Ubermensch boxer (laughs) at the time. But in the end, Ali gets the airtime, and he was better in front of a camera, which is what people remember.
1: Well, see, that's the thing. Um, I'm sure in his time, though, a lot of people um, had... The same opinion of Ali of what they have with Mayweather now—that you know, he's loudmouth, he's brash, he's you know, um, and all that—but you know, time and um, makes everything seem better. You know, yeah, the marketing, uh, absolutely. He did he marketed himself, so um, even if Mayweather's doing the same things, it's Ali did them first. Yeah, you know?
0: yeah, and he did them best. I mean, you can't just look at what Ali did off like off the uh, campus and mimic it. Otherwise, yeah. uh, Anthony Mundine would be international. <laughs>
1: Um, but he's, you know his poetry was ahead of its time um, Ali Um, so it, it's, it is brilliant because even though you he was know, doing
0: slam poetry <laughs>
1: some people might have thought he was brash you know even when you see the old tapes now and they're interviewing him there's still you know the interviewers are still smirking oh, uh, yeah. th- they knew exactly what they were, they were getting they were getting gold um, but uh, yeah look I, I don't know enough about boxing to pick but for some reason I just think that um, the criticisms, criticisms of Mayweather is he's never really been tested and has never fought somebody with the power of Macchio. Um Pacquiao. Pacquiao. Manny Pacquiao. I've, I've, I've mixed the two of them together there um, to get to Macquiao. Anyway, uh, Pacquiao. Manny Um Having said that, I think that like Pacquiao's coming off a loss as well.
0: Yeah, he's had a few ordinary decisions, ones. Decisions, I think. I um, he, he has started to slow down. Yeah. Um, his ability to hassle and just work. Yeah, uh, That was always his calling card. Um, he would outthrow most other boxes yeah. um, and just swarm them. He's not as technical as Mayweather. Yep. And look, I'm not saying that as a boxing expert, I'm just saying as a bloke who's read boxing experts. <laughs> I'm, <laughs> I'm not even going to pretend I've watched hours and hours of fight footage to make that opinion. But um, Mayweather is like experts from Ring Magazine back when yeah. they actually printed Ring Magazine uh, who have now slow profile are still saying that he is the most technically... Perfect boxer of this generation in yep. any weight category. Yep. Um, and Manny Pacquiao is just one of those freaks of nature that can absorb a crap ton of punishment yeah. and dish it out. And he he's one of those guys that he won't try and outthink you. He'll just try and outwork you. Yeah. Um, and the same could be said of Tyson. He wasn't a smart boxer. He didn't have strategy for strategies and plan B C D E F. Yeah. He just outworked you. Yeah. Just got in the pocket, threw until you fell down. Yeah but,
1: um and he had unbelievable speed and power you know oh, no, yeah. nobody had seen it and know, the yeah.
0: thing was his opponents knew what he was going to do yeah his whole you know right cross to the uh, lower abdomen followed by a right uppercut yeah he dropped loads of fighters with that and they yeah. all knew it was coming
1: um so my just my gut feeling is that um uh, mayweather is still closer to his peak than what pacquiao Um, Was Which is a shame that we didn't see this fight a couple of years ago.
0: Oh, if I'm I'm betting the house, it's on Mayweather. Yep. But if I'm betting with five bucks I don't really care about, it's on Pacquiao just because I don't like Mayweather all that much. Yeah,
1: yeah. And he's played that role. You know, everyone, every movie needs a villain and uh, Mayweather's very happy to do it. And it's working for him. God knows he's cashed in on it, so...
0: Well, even if he loses, he's going to pull in, what, about... A hundred million or something like that. Something stupid. I think losing, he only gets 50 but uh, winning he could pull in just crazy numbers. Yeah, I like. think together
1: the two of them are, are putting away I I read a figure of 400 million. Fuck. Um because you know obviously it's not just on the night. It's you know it goes beyond that.
0: You get part of the buy-ins, you get part of this that. everything else. And whoever
1: wins, you know, that's that's their career. Well, if yeah.
0: that's if there's a say a half a billion dollar total prize purse. How much money is going to be gambled on the fucking
1: thing? Yeah. Yeah, Vegas I, is going to be very happy, no doubt. You
0: could have a trillion dollar day yep. globally. Um, because a lot of Southeast Asia are going to have a bit of crack at it. and oh, you know, the, the, Yeah,
1: but that's not going to be on the books.
0: True, true. But um, a lot of the Chinese gamblers will be having to have a crack too. Yeah. Um, I th- And I think you're going to see a very, it, very, there is every, very big amount of money changing hands.
1: There is every possibility that this is the single most gambled on event in history.
0: Yeah, I could, I could absolutely I've got see that. Absolutely
1: nothing else to back it up other than I just thought of it. So it'd be very interesting. It, it could go close, um, being that it is um, you know an American and a, an an Asian um, you know, c- competing. So you've got two major markets.
0: And I guess he's America's uh, premier boxer at the, at the moment. Yeah, by my. Which means the whole American market is behind him. Yeah. Um Because no one's going to come near the Klitschko brother. I mean, yeah. you know. Um, What's Vladimir's Vladimir and Anatoly? I want to say, yeah, I could be. I would never call Yeah, it. I think uh, Anatoly's actually retired and become a politician. Yeah, which is odd that Pacquiao's done the same thing. Like, I wouldn't, wouldn't have thought boxing and politics go well, but then again, if you're arguing a point and some guy's yeah. arguing against you, are you re- <laughs> really going to argue hard against a guy who's six foot seven, 130 yeah. kilo, and used to knock motherfuckers out every night?
1: Yeah, well, it's Ukrainian politics too can get a little bit different. So, um, yeah, there could be a lot going on in the background. You never know about. But <laughs> you think about sportsmen turning to politics, you know, there's been some failed ones here in Australia, but Imran Khan's done pretty well over in Pakistan. I think he's actually very highly respected.
0: Yeah, is very highly respected too. He's yeah, done pretty shit He just never account. rocks up. Yeah, yeah.
1: But he's not, um, it's, that's more of an honorary type of thing, sort of when he wants to, whereas Imran Khan actually pursued it. Mm. Um, and by, you know, I don't know anything about Pakistani politics, obviously, but he seems to be highly respected. Um, Okay, so that's uh, that's probably the most we'll ever talk about boxing because know, yeah, it's just the biggest event that's coming up. But we move on to UFC, and it has been a massive day in UFC. Um, I would for go, a few gentlemen.
0: I'd go so far as to say the biggest ever because the first time I've seen them strip a belt.
1: Yep, I've um, seen people retire and hand yeah. over belts, and I've seen people you know um, walk away from belts.
0: Yes, and interims have been created yep. and all that sort of stuff. This
1: is the first time they've stripped a belt.
0: Especially for something that happened uh, outside the octagon. Yep, and, and outside of the UFC purview, essentially,
1: and to the person that I, th- I believe, is on every- the top of everybody's pound for pound list as well. Mm.
0: So yeah, those of you that are finding this out now, you it, probably haven't been on Facebook for quite yeah. some time. Hi, Mum. But uh, John Jones, the um,
1: light heavyweight, light
0: heavyweight champion, uh, he hasn't. I, I don't think he's been challenged all that much, to
1: be honest. Gustafsson, um, in I think um, that was a great fight and Shogun had he been an armor
0: yeah or, or if you ask him Charles Sonnen had him right where <laughs> wanted him um, but the-
1: actually to be honest Chael if Chao could have lasted another 20 seconds he probably would have won that fight he probably would have because of his toe but um, John Jones's toe was broken in half and mm. I reckon if they got to the end of the round and the doctor saw it he would have stopped that fight but anyway
0: but if he had lasted another 30 seconds he could have been Anderson Silva too true um, but anyway um in the past, he's had... The funny thing is, he actually was a student of criminal justice. Yes. Uh, anyone on our Facebook page would have saw I put that little gag up. And now he's fleeing from criminal justice. But um, the thing is, he's... Like, he's in Albuquerque. Yeah. Um, maybe he might have... Well...
1: Well, he was driving in Albuquerque. Let, let's yeah, get to the details.
0: That, that's the, the facts that we can be certain of. He's
1: in a rental car.
0: In his own town. Driving along. And runs a red light and crashes into a pregnant woman in her car. She ends. She has a, a broken arm, you know. and in,
1: Injuries, nothing life-threatening.
0: Yeah, not life-threatening.
1: Enough to go to the hospital.
0: Yeah, and he has instead done the piss bolt. Yeah, um, he's
1: done the Benny Cousins. He's, uh, he's hit the bitchman.
0: He's high-tailed it out yep. and pretty much just put his head down. So um, that,
1: they have a, a phrase for this. It's called a hit and run. Yeah. And then he's come back and decided, you know, I've, I've left some money. You know, I've dropped a couple of grand down the side. I'll come back for that. And then he's bolted again.
0: Yeah. The thing was, there was an off duty cop who saw him. And, <laughs> you know, if I'm, and, I'm guessing Albuquerque, not quite big enough that you can be an international level superstar and not be recognized. A
1: six foot five, um, greatest fighter on the planet. Yeah. It's going to be hard to hide.
0: And based on what's happening at the moment with the whole riots in Baltimore and shit. I'm guessing a, a big black guy fleeing a car crash gets noticed too.
1: Yes, I, I think they get noticed anyway. You know, being six foot five. Well, right, yeah, right, right away. But anyway, so he's he's done a hit and run, um, and I think eventually he um, spoke to his lawyer, and after an agreed um, period, he's handed himself in. So he's um, and then paid the, he's only a couple of grand bond or that kind of stuff. Two and a half. But uh, Uncle Dana didn't take very kindly to it, um, and stripped him of his title.
0: Well, I, look, honestly, I'm fine with that. Oh, it, they like, had no choice. If the first phone call you make when you hit a pregnant woman in a car is to your lawyer, you got soul searching to do, man. Um,
1: and it's, you know, he's obviously he's had a um, more than, this isn't like the first incident he's had. He got pinged yeah. for cocaine last year. Went and into he's,
0: rehab for eight yeah. hours or so.
1: Yeah. Um, he, I think he's had a drunk driving charge before as well. Oh,
0: that was I think that was well back in like it, 2007 or something.
1: No, I think it was later. It, it was when he had the title. No. I, I'm nearly certain it was 2011. I I could be wrong, but I'm, I'm nearly certain it was. Um, now, the, the interesting thing that comes out of this um, is now that uh, DC steps up. Call me, yeah, yeah. Um, so he gets his big title shot against Anthony Rumble Johnson. Um, uh, it, it's great that it's going to be a um, a proper title, not an interim title, and that's not taking anything away from interim champions, but... Um, it, it's breathed new life into the, that weight category. You
0: know, I, I don't think it's taking it anywhere. I think you asked an interim champion, do you want to be the yeah. unified champion? Absolutely, they're going to say yes.
1: So it's a great chance for um, Cormier and Rumble. Because um, Rumble, it, whichever one wins, it's still a great story. Because mm-hmm. um, Rumble's had, you know, he's been cut from the UFC before because he couldn't make weight. Now he's gone up, um, he's on an absolute tear. And this would have been uh, yeah, a, a good challenge John Jones. It's, it's a shame we're not going to see that fight, but, um, you know, that's what happens. DC is 21-1 and one or something like that. His only loss was his last fight against John Jones. Mm. Um, and I think it's the, he's the only person that could have... Um, would make sense to step up because you can't have Gustafsson because he just lost to Johnson in a, a title eliminator. Um, so it has to be DC. And he, he's ready to go. He hasn't fought in quite a while. I
0: think um, the other thing too... Cormier was really the first one to um, let the public see below the surface of John Jones, like with that uh, leaked interview and everything. Yeah, and that was his whole approach to the fight: try and get Um, in his head. Yeah, and you know, you could argue it didn't quite work because well, he lost. Yeah, but um,
1: he never. I don't don't think DC had been taken down before in his entire mm, career, and John Jones taken down at will, pretty much. John Jones did it half a dozen times. Yeah,
0: but um, it's the first time I can remember. Two fighters who you knew they hated each other. Uh, Since
1: Tito Ortiz.
0: <laughs> yeah, but even part of that, I think part of that is is the show. Tito Ortiz wanted to be the villain.
1: or uh, Yeah, but Chuck hated him. Oh, there, yeah. There's no doubt. They and genuinely,
0: with the uh, ultimate fighter, yeah, no all opposite all, coaches. Yeah, <laughs> um, but, you know, with this one, you've got a guy who was the face and another guy who was, you know, a hardworking bloke. But um, the long-term face all of a sudden turns heel because everyone sort of scratched below the surface of the media persona and he came across as an absolute prick.
1: Yeah, but, um, you know, and then at the end of the day, he's still got it done. So, um, (laughs) you know, the good guys don't always win. Um, No. But but now we get to see DC have another title shot. So it'll be very interesting um, if he can close it out because um, he he was never going to do heavyweight because he's a teammate of Kane. Um, Velasquez, So he's dropped down to light heavyweight. Um, and he's met Rumble Johnson, who's gone up to light heavyweight. Mm, um, should be so, very interesting. And, um, it, you know, John Jones is an indefinite suspension. So I'm guessing, like, it's going to be
0: 12 months at least. Let, let's say he gets a fine and doesn't do any time. Um, Which, honestly, I think his lawyers are too good for him to do time. Yeah, of course. And he's got too big of a profile. You know how it works. Um, yeah, I mean... Shit, the amount of crap that uh, Paris Hilton and Lindsay Lohan and that sort of crap have done. I mean, Lindsay Lohan did some jail time, but I think she had a three-year coke bender.
1: I think it's still going.
0: Well, yeah, maybe.
1: Um, Okay, so the other massive thing about this whole um, uh, fiasco and replacing the title fight, one is it made me always think that if this fight got just wiped off, that's still a card I want to see, UFC 187, because it is a stacked card. And it made me think maybe they stacked the card just in case something like this happened or oh, somebody really? got injured. Um, because you've got um, uh, Kahib um, Kamelodov is fighting and, and Donald Cerrone. Um, I think Andre Olowski is fighting. You've got the other title fight with um, Weidman and
0: Belfort. I really want Olowski to do well. Yep. Because um, back in the day, he was one of the fighters I loved watching because he was just always aggressive. Uh, yeah. You get some fighters who are counter-punchers, like uh, Liotta Machida. I... I Andre Alasky
1: is always moving
0: forward. Oh, he is. And uh, him and Crocot were always brilliant to watch because you knew yep. what you were going to get. Yeah, exactly. Um, you know, there's a lot to be said for the fight game where, you know, people go there with a plan, like Machita, who he is a brilliant counterpuncher. His ability to strike from odd angles, fantastic. Yeah. Just doesn't translate well as a spectacle. So, yeah, like, you. you you're paying for your pay per view. Yeah, you know you're you buying UFC. Money. You do want to see something where the next day you'll go, oh, and how about when that happened? Yeah, but with Matuidi, you don't often get that until round five when everyone's tired and he just has that counter punch or that that kick that came out of nowhere.
1: Yeah, I'm trying to remember. There was one fight he had, which was a counter puncher versus a counter puncher, and it just didn't work out. Oh,
0: but- I. I I can see it. I just can't remember who he is yeah. actually fighting.
1: But anyway, so this card, I th- it's the best card they've put together in a long, long time. Um, and it's a, it is is still a shame that the number one pound-for-pound fighter in the world is not going to be there. However, it might rejuvenate that weight category. Now, the funny thing, though, is that a couple of weeks ago, maybe even a month ago, Chael Sonnen went online and they asked his opinion of who's going to win between John Jones and yeah. Rumble Johnson, and he said the fight won't happen.
0: Actually, now I do recall that he actually did.
1: So, minutes before I heard about what was going on in wherever Albuquerque or wherever it is, Chael put up on his Facebook page, "Told you so." <laughs> <laughs> now, is Chael lucky? Like, what's going on? He knew this fight wasn't going to happen.
0: Well, maybe he. Um... Expected Jones to fuck up some other way, or to claim injury. You know, he's—I'm fairly sure he wouldn't have said this fight won't happen because he's going to run a red light and he hit did, a pregnant. He
1: chick. didn't say why. He just said the fight won't happen. Mark my words.
0: I think he expected Jones to duck him or something, or to have See, a, accumulation well, of other issues.
1: Well, that's it. Did he expect Jones to duck, or did he just think that Jones would fuck up some other way? You know, because um, when the cocaine rumors. Uh, sorry, when the cocaine um, positive test came out, we heard about hundreds of people that it had. Oh, yeah, I heard rumors that he was, he was, uh, you know, into the nose candy and all that kind of stuff. Um, Joey Diaz it, uh, was on Rogan's podcast saying he'd heard the rumors, never seen it, nothing confirmed, but he heard the rumors and from reliable people and whatever. Um, so, did Chow think that he was going to duck, or just know that he'd fuck up somehow? Um, I, I, I don't know if um, we'll ever hear the bad guy tell us. Or he's just clairvoyant.
0: Oh, uh, he'll tell us. He'll tell us seven different ways he knew this was going to happen. Yeah, he's not uh, not back. And forth. He will include psychic phenomena in one of his yeah. explanations. I'll guarantee that.
1: Well, he's um, he's got Metaboris to promote, um, which happens in two weeks. So um, I just thought it was amazing that Chael was um, he, he was right.
0: Yeah. Well, you mentioned the card before. Let's just let's just run through it. I've got it right here. Yep. Weidman versus Belfort. Yep. Now. Belfort has been a legend of the sport for quite some time, I'd say. Yep. I don't um, think he's got it. Uh, I don't think he's got it today.
1: Um, well, he, he has had a, a, an extended sit on the sidelines thanks to and waiting for the TRT to, <laughs> to leave his body. No, I mean, that, he's, yeah, he's been I mean, open about it.
0: Have to. Um, I mean, TRT is a whole other thing, really. Um, I, I can understand... If you're a fighter and you have low testosterone levels, um, well, obvious question is, how did that happen? Yeah. Um, but <coughs> moving on from that...
1: But anyway, the, the new rules are there. And you've got to abide by them, so he sat out. and Anyway, he's still a great fighter, and great fighter to watch.
0: Yeah, and then you got Call Me A.V.S.'s uh, Rumble. Rumble. Which is going to be brilliant. Yeah. Um, I I don't know
1: which that way it's going to would headline go.
0: any other card. Well, it's
1: headlining this one, so...
0: Well, Weidman and Belfort is, apparently. Yeah, anyway. Yeah. Um, it might just be an interim headliner yep. because they haven't updated the marketing. Who yeah. knows? Um, and then you've got... <laughs> Khabib. Yep. Uh, I'm, I'm going to have a crack at this. Nurmagomedov.
1: Yeah, it's not bad. Nurmagomedov.
0: Uh, this is Cowboy.
1: This is Cowboy Cerrone. It's a great fight because um, Khabib's still undefeated and Cerrone is the hardest working man in the UFC right at the minute. Um, two fights in, mm-hmm. in um, January and try to get a couple more.
0: Oh, uh, deserves a shot and Dana's proven time and again that if you put, keep putting your hand up he'll keep picking you yeah you keep putting on good fights yeah um, even, even in tough and everything where you see you know yeah. a, a fighter drops out yep the Always. first guy that says I'm ready I'll fight yep, ready yep. and he'll let him fight yeah
1: follow him out to the car park and you'll get a
0: fight I remember that Chemo <laughs> Slice just sitting back going oh, I'm, I'm I'm not going to fight I'm yep. no good no, he's no good anyway. Uh, anyway and then you've got Andre Loveski versus Travis Brown which is going to be uh, to quote Jim Ross, a Slobber
1: Slobberknocker.
0: Slobber <laughs> it's going to be brilliant. Um, and then you've got uh, uh, Dodson and Makovsky.
1: Yeah, uh, Dodson be a good fight. He always um, goes uh, flat out, so that'd be great.
0: Uriah Hall and Rafael Natal. Um, he's
1: got to watch his forehand.
0: <laughs> he must hate that shit.
1: I don't care if he's heard it a million times before.
0: No, yeah, no, nah, nah, we're good. Um, I know. A, going to Metamoros for a sec um, Halleck came out saying that uh, he's not going to put on women's fights um, yeah look, you can say yes no whatever his, his basically he can do what he want. I think it's stupid to say a blanket okay. no yep um, who is the most talked about
1: jiu-jitsu fighter in the world in the past week Mackenzie Doan Mackenzie Doan a female fighter yeah. so to say that people don't want to watch fem- um, women's fights is now just there's irrefutable proof right there Hello, so that's the end of the conversation it's really, yeah and, it's and
0: absolutely I'm not saying put on a women's fight I'm saying put on good fights yeah exactly if right. they happen to be women who all cares? the better and yep. look at this very moment if you had Mackenzie Dern having a rematch with, with uh,
1: Michelle Nicolini
0: oh, you're going to say Gabby Garcia yeah I was going to say Gabby Garcia nah. just because you want to see the David versus Goliath sort of thing. And the fact that she won and standing up on that podium on the top step, yeah. she's still smaller than Gabby. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't want to brilliant. see her fight Gabby again, but
1: um, I'd see her watch uh, watch a fight, um, a rematch with uh, Michelle Nicolini, which is, I think, from Metamoris 2 or 3. They, they fought to a draw. So I'd watch it again. It was a great fight.
0: Yeah. So um, I, I can understand not putting on a token fight. But to just regret. blanket refuse to put on women because they're women is dumb. Yep. Especially when, I think jiu is one of the few martial arts where women can have a, like, comparable to men profile. It's,
1: it's yeah, it's... It's um, not easy.
0: Like, women have a hard run in sports, no doubt. I mean, yeah. The
1: only, okay, um, if you look at basketball, for example, um, I don't care how much... They train the WNBA is never going to draw the crowd that the NBA draws. No, way. it's not as good as a spectacle to watch. Women's jiu jitsu, just as good as men's jiu jitsu to watch. There's, I, there's it's a different kind of fight because absolutely they're, they're more flexible and um, stuff, but the the technique is all there to, on display. I mean, you're not mm. looking at um, the, the, the grand difference. I mean, the only main difference is there's more. Um, there might be more money in promotion, but there's also more men doing it. Mm. Um, but the actual spectacle itself is, is on par. Um, so I, I, I don't know where he is. I
0: think uh, a lot of the female fights I've seen have been more, much more fluid. And yeah. it's more uh, more beautiful, more artistic. Um, and I, the reason I mentioned that was because we have got Rose Namajunas versus Nina Ansarov.
1: Yeah, Rose is a good fight. I like watching Rose fight.
0: Namajunas has been a brilliant fighter ever since her Invicta days. I remember yeah. seeing her, oh, I can't remember which Invicta it was, um, but you was, watched a lot of me and Victor, didn't you? I actually really like it, um, especially yeah. because you get to see people like Rose Namajunas do a flying triangle. Yeah, um, stuff that is just amazing to see, because I think a lot of women's MMA is still in that um, style v style phase. Mm. A lot of a lot of them cross train, but they have right. one dominant style.
1: Again, there's, there isn't the same numbers of women doing it, so it's we're still waiting for it to hit critical mass.
0: Yeah, absolutely, and mm. I, I think uh, if you're talking about. Um, sports role models who do women have at this moment like besides tennis players because tennis players get I think uh, eight of the top ten highest paid sports women at the moment tennis yeah. players
1: yeah and they've done a lot to try and get um, a pay parity even if they don't play the same number of games yeah
0: which I think is odd but hey like look, whatever works if they're bringing in the um, filling the stands, fair play.
1: Yeah. So, who are the most famous female sports people in the world? Well, at this just, moment, who are competing? Yeah. Well, um, it's not an Olympic year, which takes out a lot mm. because um, that tends to be where they get a lot of um, uh, attention. But yeah, besides tennis, it's it's Ronda Rousey. It
0: has to be. Um, I I cannot think of another sports person who is even in the same conversation, except possibly Danica Patrick in the US.
1: Maybe. Yeah, yeah maybe. Um,
0: but she would have very little exposure outside of the US, whereas Rousey, I think, with USC being a global brand...
1: I know, now she's moved into movies and, oh, yeah. I, I mean, um, WrestleMania. I mean, <laughs> don't kid yourself, it's a big event.
0: <laughs> oh, shit, yeah. Um, and, you know, being in Furious 7, and uh, it, I haven't seen Which, the movie, but I've seen the promo of her with Michelle Rodriguez yeah. doing their...
1: I, tell you, I haven't seen the movie either, but I've seen what I did at the box office.
0: Ridiculous numbers. I actually really want to see it, but I just haven't had the chance. But um, but I think uh, Ronda Rousey is a brilliant role model just for seeing something you want and going and getting it.
1: Yeah, it's just a shame that there isn't anybody at her level at the minute because Misha Tate's probably the second best fighter in the world and she's lost twice or three times already. Um, So we're just waiting to see if they can make the Rousey v Cyborg
0: fight. Oh, it's daylight second. Uh, Cyborg is an interesting fight for her solely because she can challenge her, not because it'll be a great fight. It's the same reason you want to see Dern versus Garcia. Yeah. Um, you want to see that strength versus technique match. Because I, as a fighter who has had um, steroid layoff, you can still see that Cyborg has a lot more muscle mass than... Uh, oh, of course he does. Well, than me. But... Um, I still want to see it. I still want to see how Ronda Rousey will handle someone who has the potential to make her afraid. Yeah. Um, because she, I'd be scared getting punched by cyborg.
1: Yeah. It's, it's it's almost back to the pride days of you yeah. know the, the freak show just, fights. Just almost. to cover that,
0: I'm not saying I'd be scared as if, oh, that's an amazing thing. I'd be scared of anyone fucking punching me. Yeah, of course. But um, if you're Ronda Rousey, you've got to respect the fact that she has knockout power in one punch. And she's massive. Yeah, and she's, well, there's no allegedly about She's been on the juice. Yeah, yeah. But uh, as you say.
1: Yeah, anyway. Um, so that's why I think USC 187 is going to be a magnificent card. And then we got, um, uh, I think, the USC coming to Adelaide uh, shortly afterwards, which um, would be uh, another great one. Um, you know, Mark Hunt hopefully gets some the winning. Um, then he can um, headline the Melbourne card in November.
0: Now, remember one thing I posted up on our Facebook page was Mark Hunt's. Table tennis. Table tennis. Isn't so, he amazing? I watched uh, it today, actually. If you haven't seen it, uh, one of the journals was talking about Mark Hunt and what he does during his off time, whatever. He's like, oh, I've got a table tennis table over there. And we just, you know, get warmed up. Bro, I'm I'm good. Yeah. And he's like, oh, I want a match. He's like, bro, I'm pretty good. And he fucking was. <laughs> i he's tell funny. you what.
1: There's, there's no camera trickery. He's really good. He obviously plays a lot in his downtime.
0: And I tell you, he's getting some power on those top spinners, too. There was no fucking about. It. He wanted to win.
1: He might have a career if they have heavyweight ping pong. <laughs>
0: I'm, I'm backing. Oh, him. That's all I'm saying. I'll tell you what. He could. Uh, he could dominate that. He moves brilliantly for a big bloke too. Well,
1: yeah, I can say um, when you get to you know, the, the ping pong table, it's not exactly that much um, court to cover. I don't think. I don't know how he go on a normal tennis court.
0: Not even with his reflexes, quick hands. Yeah, he's alright. But um, yeah. There's so much to like about Mark Hunt. The fairy tale story, the bloke who um, yeah, you know, refused to
1: sell his contract.
0: Yeah. It's like getting a redundancy at work and saying, no, no, I'm not going to quit. I'm going to work for Buggerall instead.
1: Yeah. Um, so uh, if he wins, I think it's just about a guarantee that he'll um, have a title fight in uh, November in Melbourne for the first card. And it could even be his last fight um, either way because he, you know, he's getting on. But hopefully he retires before he's forced to.
0: Yeah, I, that's one thing with fighters. They always go one fight too long. Yeah.
1: Um, and we'll finish off on this, but I s- saw on um, Open Mic, I was watching an old episode with Jonathan Brown um, just recently, and you know, they're talking about um, his last head knock. And he still wanted to go on, uh, unbelievably. As soon as I saw that head knock, I thought, you know, oh, please yeah, that was... let that be the end of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and he was saying, you know, he was going to see doctors and whatnot, and um, he, he, he thought he could still go on. And there was some, and I've, I wish I could remember the name, a former player who said to him, um, "Jono, stop trying to find somebody that's going to tell you what you want to hear, um, because you know his wife wouldn't tell him because she, mm. she knew, you know, this is what he does." And, he, and that's when it hit home. He said, "You know, you, you, to be a professional athlete, you have to be selfish. Now it's time to end it. You know, it, it's done. You had a good run. Um, so yeah, it's um, it's always good when somebody can go out um, when they still have the marbles with them."
0: Segue to that one. Um, just today, Jack Zebel came out. Um, said he's been chatting to Glenn Archer, who I think even his harshest critic would say Archer was a pretty hard bloke at the ball. Yep. Um, And anyone that was in his way to the ball. But um, even Glenn Archer said, mate, you might want to change your technique. You're hard at the ball, that's fine. But for fuck's sake, protect yourself. Because he's had a bruised lung last week. He got shirt fronted this week and just KO'd. As a spectator and a North Melbourne supporter, I want him to have some time off. Yeah. Just (laughs) because those guys who... Keep getting those bumps; it, they can be as courageous as hell, like John O'Brown was, so probably the most courageous footballer of his generation. But when he gets those hits, it, it hurts watching. Yeah, and no one wants to see. You want to see the courage, yeah. You don't want to see a bloke off on a stretcher and five years later not knowing who he is. But yeah, I mean, you know, like you said, that a lot of these pro athletes can go out and find a doctor to tell them, "No, no, you'll be fine," and that's cool for the doctor but uh, it's the player, the sportsman, who's got to then live life later on.
1: Yep. At the end of the day, you got to know when to call it quits.
0: Like GSP has.
1: Yeah. I was going to say, like we have. All right. All right. We'll move it on from there. <laughs>
0: All right. Catch up. See ya.